Yo, what's going on, people? It's your boy Kaz here. Say less. Welcome back. I like doing these cold opens because I usually want to give the people that have supported me and followed uh, this new venture I'm on a little bit of intimacy because I want people to, you know, really get something out of this because we're kind of going through a tough time right now um, as a nation, especially here in New York and New Jersey. I'm just like y'all, man. Every day I kind of wake up hoping for some good news, hoping for something to change, hoping for something to kind of pass this time away because I think all we can do is exhibit a little bit of patience when it comes to the coronavirus and COVID-19. So I figured instead of putting the podcast out every week or twice a week or doing Patreons and stuff, I figured I'd just give it away and do a Lil Wayne style. And every day I'm going to be calling people up, getting conversations with them, Maybe a half hour, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. I don't know, but I just hope you guys get something out of this and, you know, maybe it's something that can help you pass the time as we go into uncharted waters right now when it comes to our society. My first guest I'm going to have is a uh, professional wrestler. His name is uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and he's a guy that I've known for a long time. He's made his name all over the independent scene. Um, and now he's in NXT and a big part of 205 Live. He's also a big hip-hop head. He puts out uh, music with my guy Montezzi. He has a podcast, a very popular podcast called the Swerve City Podcast as well. And you can catch him on NXT every Wednesday and 205 Live every Friday after SmackDown on Fox. This was a fun conversation that we had right after he was done with 205. And um, if you're into pro wrestling, if you're into journeys, if you're into uh, the way people kind of get to where they're going in life, whether they have it all together or they don't. I think this is a great conversation for you guys to listen to. And I love Swerve. So uh, if you're a fan of WWE and NXT, this will be a good uh, talk for you. And uh, let's get into it. Hit the fucking music. All right, man. So today, first guest on the Say Less podcast. Obviously, it had to go with a good wrestling friend of mine. All quarantined up down in Orlando, Florida right now. I mean, Isaiah Swerve Scott. What's going on, family? I'm good, man. Uh, how's everything? Bro, it is, it's some wild fucking times right now. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> like, it's, it's, wild. It's, it's wild, man. So, I know you just finished doing 205 Live, and uh, you're down there by the Performance Center. What's the atmosphere like down there, man? Like, what's what's... What is it like being able to be the only show in town right now when it comes to any sort of live sporting event? It, honestly, it feels like we have a responsibility, a, a big responsibility now. You know, saying like, seeing as though we are like the only entertainment, like literally, like live entertainment. There's like bands out there that's performing and everything that's like um, doing live streams and everything, which is great. Like Doc Kick Murphy just did that. Um, one live stream show, and there's going to be more people like Erica Badu saying that she's going to do one. I think Sway Lee's doing something too. I think Sway Lee's doing an Instagram live party too. Yeah, yeah. So th- I think that's dope. But man, like, I like there's literally when we say like WWE, there's no other business like us in the world. It's true because there's no other entertainment type of form. There's no other t- type of form of entertainment out there that can put on like. Like entertainment and sport at the same time, and combined with hence sports entertainment, and give you this type of like um, it keeps the show just rolling constantly, no matter what type of crisis that's going on in the world. Like the show never stops. Yeah, bro, it's it's been a little it's been a little 
odd watching the empty arena shows and stuff like that. But in a weird way, with all the craziness going on, it's nice to see something original, nice to see something entertaining, just to kind of keep your mind off of it, man. And I know you said it kind of feels like you have a responsibility for it, but, you know, is there has there been any fear? I mean, because it feels like every day there's new things uh, being discovered, new things, like, being talked about, like... Uh, you're doing all right, though, right? Like, what's the daily routine for you right now? Uh, physically, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm, I'm held up in my apartment. I got plenty of food to eat, so I'm like just been just like uh, killing my refrigerator as the as of late the last couple of days. But um, uh, there's no real fear going on. Actually, none, none of the like none of the sort. Like my neighborhood's been great. Um, like nobody's panicking. Like, you, there's still plenty of cars, same type of traffic that's going on, like, riding in front of my house and everything like that. Like, it's actually pretty good. Mm. It's uh, weird, like, man. Like, I know I was yeah. watching, you watch Infinity War, and he's talking about, uh, <laughs> I was watching Thanos just talking about, you know, the people who didn't have food to eat, they've only seen full bellies ever since. And, you know, fish return to the water, and animals kind of return to, to, to land and stuff like that. It's it's a weird, creepy, kind of like peaceful type of thing going on. Like, people are being nicer to each other. You know what I'm saying? It's really, really weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the reality check, the wake-up call we might have needed that we didn't want, but now that it's happening, I was like, this might be what we needed, man. It feels like it feels like Mother Nature just like put us all on timeout, right? Like just everybody's out here wilding, you know. what I mean, everybody just sit your ass down for like five minutes. Um, obviously, you know, there's going to be no Wiley Mania this year, and uh, you know, I know that was something we was all really looking forward to, man. Uh, and I know you came there last year, and you know, we we kind of got to break the news that you signed at the event. And a year later, you know what I mean? You're one of the top guys in 205 Live, NXT. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about that first year in, in the E right now, man. Like, how's it been? And uh, what's been sort of the changes in between being on the road and being on the indies? Um, it's been a challenge. It's an adjustment period, just like everything is, man. Like, um, like it was an adjustment period when I was, like, uh, transitioning the Lucha Underground at the time, um, you know, like, it was an adjustment period when I was moving to Evolve and doing more stuff then. Um, so, like, it's just in the, one of none like, this is, like, probably the biggest adjustment period I'll ever make in my career, because it's literally, I'm at the NFL of professional wrestling and sports entertainment and everything like that. But, um, it was in the, it wasn't just an adjustment period of, like, me into the atmosphere and the industry of WWE, it was them adjusting to me as well. And it's like a bonding period. And it doesn't just mean like the coaches and the PC and NXT and everything. It's like the fan base as well. They have to adjust to you in a different way than any other fan base has ever had. You know, like, and I put it that way in like any, in all, in all forms of entertainment, like, you know, like comedy, music, like, uh, and like other professional sports. Like, that's a whole, when you break out into like, you're now on the forefront of, like, the biggest, like, platform in sports entertainment, pro wrestling, man. Like, they, that whole fan base has to adjust to you, you know, and you have to find ways to, like, adapt to it as well. And I feel like I'm one of the most adaptable, like, performers in the world. And, you know, like, for everywhere I've been, I've always adapted well. And this is, like, the probably the hardest and most difficult 
but it's I'm getting it more and more. Now, recently, man, you uh, you know, you, you used to be learned, known as a, a Shane Strickland on the Indies, and you've kind of adjusted into Isaiah Swerve Scott, and I love getting the insight on why people choose their names or what inspiration came behind it. I feel like I have an idea, but you know, I would love to get your insight onto uh, why you chose that name and and what was the inspiration behind it. Uh, I'm a big music boss, man. Uh, you know me, I'm huge into hip hop. And one of my biggest influences for the way I look and the way my swag is and how I like my visuals is all from Travis Scott. So that's where I got Scott from. Travis Scott's like a huge influence in me, you know, and I look up to him as like one of like the best, like the, especially like our, our generation, new age artists, as far as visual hip hop artists, he's like the, the best out there in my opinion. Um, and Isaiah Rashad, who is like a huge, um, Another artist um, with TDE, with like Kendrick Lamar and J Rock and Absol and all them guys. I think Isaiah Rashad's one of the most overlooked artists out of those groups, out of that group of guys, and he's probably one of the most unique as well. And so I took something from like probably one of the most popular artists in the world, and probably a huge, huge, huge known artist, but at the same time very underrated. And I took those two names together and combined them. Yeah, man. So, I mean, obviously, I know you're a big music guy, and, you know, we could talk, we've talked music for, for hours on end, whether in person or, or online or whatever. I mean, and, you know, you create your own music as well, man. And this is even before WWE. You create your own podcast, and, you know, you've gotten a, the unique opportunity to uh, continue to do that while being on, you know, the mothership known as uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the, the podcast that you do with Montezzi and uh, where, what came from that and why you continue to do that while you're uh, furthering your wrestling career. I've always wanted to be in broadcasting of some sort, and that was something I grew, that grew more into me as I, like, pursued um, this, uh, this career in professional wrestling. I always loved how, like, um, like after like my career is all said and done, hopefully it's a longer career than what I expected to be. Um, I definitely want to get into broadcasting, you know. Like, so I looked up. Uh, like, I, I love watching like ESPN first takes and like the. Uh, I like watching. Hey, I love. I'm a huge fan of Flagrant too. You know this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Guys like you know, like podcasts like that. You know, so shout out to you guys over there. Um, and listening to you guys like tell your stories and like there's so much comedy to it but it's also uh, very inspirational to me you know like and me as listening as a fan base I'm like man like they have great stories and they have like great insight on a lot of things that I'm very into you know and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm like not the only one that feels that way I, I have a lot of experience and, and stories as well and I like as I'm doing I'm also learning on the process so that and that like involves me giving insight to the world too so me and Montezzi you know we got an album coming out on April 4th we was like he prompted me to get in the studio but at the same time I prompted him to get the podcast and we did some stuff on high spots uh, called Swerve Talk a couple DVDs you can purchase there and then we were like yo we could do this like on a weekly basis man so we started up a podcast a Swerve City podcast and we started like getting a couple friends of ours started off like just IG live in at first then like I started like um, building a studio in my apartment so my other room is just like 
a, a studio and I put like dressed it all up. We got sponsors, got a banner, got some equipment and everything. I was like, yo, we could really do this. TZ had like some um, some guys that are like friends of his that edit and shoot. So we just got our team together and then Big Swole came in and like she's like a sister. I was like one of the groomsmen in her at Cedric's wedding. So that's like a big sister to me. So she came through, offered that female insight as well. And we that was our Sword City team. That's our family. And man, like we have we've been having guests like crazy this past season. We're on season three of it. The guests we've had have been remarkable. We, they got great stories to tell, stories that you don't hear from other podcasts and interviews that they've done out in the world. And these are guests that are really difficult to get as well. So a lot of these guys don't really do a lot of interviews. We had Callisto and Lindsay Dorado. We had Drew Gulak. We recently had Cesaro, Nikki Cross, Kayla Braxton. You see her every week on SmackDown doing interviews and on The Bump as well. Uh, shoot, we had Alistair Black and Zelina who don't really do a lot of interviews, so we got them in there. Adam Cole, NXT World Champion. We got like we've done. We got a lot of guests. We even had Nikki Fax and uh, Mega Ran uh, come through. Mm-hmm. So we got all that on our YouTube channel, man. So we've been plugging, man. There's a lot of good stories. Um, one of my favorites is the Tyler Breeze story, man. He tells some some good stories that you just wouldn't expect that he went through seeing where he is now and the whole point of Swerve City uh, Swerve City podcast is like to build confidence you know like these guys these these guys and girls have told stories about like when they were at their absolute lowest and going through struggles and really hard times that the viewer and the listener is probably going through something very similar and struggling and they're in that rut now as they're listening to the podcast you know Maybe hearing their stories and hearing how they got out of it, got to where they are now, maybe that can inspire them to get up and make changes in their life and, you know, gain that confidence that we all have to pursue our dreams and move forward. That's great to hear, man. And I know, uh, you know, just knowing you personally, uh, confidence is is a huge thing with with yourself and, you know, things that you've been through in your life to make it to where you are right now. And, you know, continuing to, to be on that path to greatness that you're on, you're on right now. Um, right now is a time that a lot of people are probably losing confidence in what they're doing, especially with, you know, a lot of people about to lose their jobs. A lot of people are about to might be out of homes. It's going to be a pretty difficult time uh, for Americans right now. So, I mean, you do it on your podcast all the time. I would love for you to kind of like share a story about, you know, when you felt like you were at your lowest and, you know, what kind of got you through that, through, you know, the, the swerve confidence that you speak of so highly. When I started this journey in wrestling, man, it was a, it was a, it was a struggle. At 18 years old, I moved down to, from, from Pennsylvania to Richmond, Virginia, and I started training and I lived on my mom's couch for a while. I didn't even have my own room. Um, I didn't have my own room. I just had a couch and a pack of clothes. But I was going to wrestling training all the time. You know, my mom paid my first month of training so I can get started and everything. I just came back from military and the boot camp and everything. So I was just literally starting fresh. Maybe six months later, uh, that was August of 2008. Um, yeah, so February, we find out... Um, the mother of my child, the mother of my child, uh, my oldest is pregnant at the time. So I had to find a job as well. So at that time, so I had to manage wrestling, the wrestling training, get a job. I started school in ITT tech 
do that and go back up to Pennsylvania for military drills one weekend out of the month. Jeez. And and find a car. And this is all at 18 going into 19 years old. Um, around 21, my second my second child was born. So now I had to manage all that with uh, two kids on the way. My second on the way. And I was 21 years old. And once again, didn't have my own place. Was living on my mom's couch or my sister's basement. I was like, kind of like going back and forth between two households and uh, still trying to make ends meet. And at that early stage of pro wrestling, I wasn't really making any money. But I had just like the best support system ever as far as like, I always told tell people I was raised by women and I'm surrounded by women as I grew up. And like they've always been like the biggest um, support system. And we didn't always get along. There was a lot of arguments, a lot of fighting, a lot of like doubt if I could actually pursue and make it somewhere in wrestling and like the fact that I'm sacrificing all this time with my kids that I like because I was putting it towards the craft of what I was trying to build and everything and they didn't see like a lot of people don't really see the the result of what you could be they don't really see the end of the road they just see the obstacles that you're already running on and and it's it's, it's sad to say it sucks to say but some of the people that can like derail you from that, your end goal is your loved ones because they care for you so much. They don't want to see you fail. And sometimes you have to like you hear their advice and you you hear the, the love that they're sharing to you. But you have to like put that aside and focus on what you really want and what's deep in your heart. So there's a lot of times I hate I heard their advice and then I took it in. But I had to filter it because I know they don't want to see me in pain and hurt and like broke all my life at a certain age. They were just thinking about me, uh, what was best for me and what was the smart thing for me. But the smart thing is not always like the going the smart route to get your that goal at the end. Sometimes you can't take that route. Sometimes you have to take the risky, crazy route because it does pay off. But not a lot of people take that route, you know. So I had to take the crazy, non-logical route so i had to just be like all right i I know i hear you i hear you and i respect your opinions but this is what i'm going to do and i just hope you still love me and respect me for taking this route instead of the route that you're giving me what exactly was the moment that made you tell yourself like yeah this is the route i'm taking this is how i'm going to do this like what was the exact moment that made you believe like yeah man like i i don't know it could all go to shit right now but fuck it i'm going to do it like because i feel like a lot of people need to hear you know, I feel like they don't get salvation until they're at their rock bottom. So, like, what was the exact moment for you specifically that made you take that that leap of faith? Um, hmm. uh, there's not really one moment. I have several moments for sure. I have several moments that push me to that breaking point where I was like, maybe there, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I'll tell you that much. Like, uh, there was time like. I had a four-hour drive back home after I did this show, and I had this bucket of a car, and it broke down an hour into the drive, so I had three hours away in the middle of nowhere in, like, Pittsburgh somewhere. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, and I had, and it was like a three, it was like three or four in the morning, so there's nobody on the road, just trees and mountain cliffs and stuff, so that's, that's all I had, you know? And, like, this random person, like, this random guy, saw my car was sparking underneath and he's like pulled me over and helped me drive like literally uh pulled me off the next exit was his place and he happened to be a mechanic it was just like what are the odds at three in the morning this guy's 
house who is a mechanic and he does mechanic work car like (laughs) right there on that exit that i was just like got stranded on and he helped me up helped me like like um (laughs) just jerry rigged the car and helped me get back like my three hour finish my three hour drive and i'm getting home at like six in the morning um it was that moment i was like yeah like uh like just somebody like it was like literally god sent a guardian angel to watch over me that night that's incredible. Yeah, I could have been stranded and nobody would have drove past me or nobody would have been like who lives anywhere near there would have helped me out. You know, Great but that Lord, guy like really. happened to be there at that time to help me fix my car. So that was like a big wake up call. I was like, yo, okay, this has to pay off. This dream and this dream I'm chasing has to pay off at some point in my life. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but it has to pay off. Mm. In addition to, you know, the, 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 the trials and tribulations you've been through to get you to the WWE and to NXT, um, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of a, um, how do you say, responsibility for young black wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like right now, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen this many prominent uh, black wrestlers, not just in the WWE, but in professional wrestling Everywhere you mentioned uh, Big Swole at AEW, you got Leo Rush, Velveteen Dream, Bobby Lashley, New Day, you name it. The list goes on and on. And uh, you know you're one of those guys that you know when people look at you know talented wrestlers, especially in an industry like pro wrestling. And you know I could I could speak from experience and just kind of seeing the type of faces that work behind the scenes and on camera. There aren't a whole lot of us, you know what I mean? So uh, I would just like to know your thoughts on just kind of the responsibility of not just being a, a young wrestler up, up and coming, but, you know, being a young black wrestler and being somebody who is uh, that a young kid could probably see that they probably never have saw before. Um, I think uh, that's a huge, a huge responsibility for us. And uh, it's not even just on the wrestling screen, but like on social media and any other forms of media, I try to present myself in a way that I would like, I'm a father of two, two girls. I would want to present myself to, in a way that I would want my kids looking at and looking at, looking up to and like, yeah, I like him. I would have a poster of him on my wall. I would want, that's what I try to, the image I try to portray you don't like really have too much you don't really hear too much of me like cursing out there in the world and like media and stuff like that you don't see me going too nuts on social media nothing like that and you don't drink either i mean one of the first times one of the first times me and you hung out i think we were in uh god where were we where were we i think i just finished what was it it was toronto we were in toronto right i think i just finished raw or i just got in town for raw or a pay-per-view or something, and you just had an indie booking uh, not too far away, and, you know, working, you know, TV, you're going to need a drink after it's done. And the first thing I came to you, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't drink. So I was like, what? <laughs> Never had alcohol a day in my life. And it's not, like, for any, like, religious reasons, or I'm not trying to make a point. It's just it's not me, and I don't see myself ever being, uh, ever being, like, like the drunk or high or anything like I never had a cigarette, never had weed or anything in my life. That's incredible because I feel like, you know, in professional wrestling, especially, you know, 
uh, in the good old boys days, you feel like everybody did something. You know, I mean, it's almost like it's almost, uh, you know, rare, not rare, but it's definitely different that a lot of people growing up. And I think that's a good thing that a lot of the younger generations being straight edge isn't necessarily as taboo as it used to be anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I know I know the, the young bucks don't drink. I know CM Punk was obviously one of the big straight edge guys, but a lot of people have adapted that straight edge lifestyle. And that's something that you've applied in your life uh, for a long time, correct? Very much so. Yeah, but so, I mean, you know, like for music, you know, I know music is a huge inspiration to you. And, uh, you know, obviously we've had, we've bonded together over music and, 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 you know, Wally Mania and all that type of stuff. And uh, you're working on some music. You're going to release an album very soon with Monteezy. Um, you know, tell me about, I know you mentioned Isaiah Rashad and Travis Scott being two uh, huge influences in your music, but uh, what else can people expect from you for those who have never heard uh, Swerve Scott on a record before? I'm big into storytelling. You know, like, uh, it's great having a, a great lyricist. It's great having a great beat and producer and everything. But at the same time, I, I, when I listen to a full project, I want to go on that ride. I want to feel, I want to visualize and see what you're talking about. So that's what I put a lot of effort in. Montezzi literally, like, uh, just taught me the way on how to literally formulate writing a song in a, a bar. Just putting, just formulating writing a bar is very difficult and challenging. But if you have something to say and it's coming from the heart, it's the challenge is like it, it's not as challenging. So man, once the, I figured out how to put and form words together like that, it really started just the the, the, the words just the lyrics just start spilling out onto the paper, and then it spills out into the. Um, spills out into the records man like we put out a we put out a music video called broke boys and that's like uh we, we say some real stuff and some true story stuff on the, on that record and that's on youtube on our sort city uh podcast youtube page you can check that out if you want to you know see that and big swole uh lends our vocals on the background in the hook of that song uh we just did a song with uh juice from black boy zombies called body art that video is coming out soon and we got um, I'm the Man, but uh, TZ just spits, like, just straight heat on that. All these videos you're going to be seeing on our uh, YouTube page. But the album, April 4th, is coming out. It's called From Humble Beginnings. And it talks about our relationships, talks about, like, the struggles of being doubted. And then it goes, it's a climb into, like, the songs like I'm the Man and, like, our outros, tr- track free, when it talks about, all right, we have it now. We got it. We know we're good. We know we've we've climbed the mountain. We know we're we, we know we're the men. We know we're the dudes now. We know we, like we have that responsibility for that. But it's the time to look, flex a little bit. So it goes from starting off like man, I have nothing, but I'm still happy, you know. And I'm and I keep that confidence growing until the end of the record, where it's just like, all right, we got the things we need. Now we can floss a little bit. That's amazing to hear, man, and I can't wait for the world to hear that because I think you're truly uh, one of the more talented talents in all of pro wrestling. I've been watching you for a long time. I'm seeing you rise right now. is uh, is really is a sight to see, man. Swerve, love talking to you, brother. Uh, stay safe out there. Keep the hands clean. And, uh, you know, thank you for being one of my first guests on Say Less with Kaz. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be the first guest. 
And that's a wrap on the show. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kazim. That's K-A-Z-E-E-M. And you can follow the page on Twitter, Say Less with Kaz. That's S-A-Y-L-E-S-S-W-I-T-H-K-A-Z. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, all those places. Appreciate y'all listening. Leave a nice review, maybe a comment if it's nice enough. And I'll catch you next week or next day or however long we're doing this shit, but say less.